Well, I have something to share with you today. It's a little bit off my beaten path. But it fits into the overall scheme of good theology. We almost never talk about this in this church from the pulpit from here. But it's time because uh, I was asked by my leadership and the Wednesday night Bible study to talk about this. So here we go. Starting today on a series of messages called Tithes and Offerings, Blessings and Prosperity. Okay, unfold your arms. Best <laughs> sitting there going, all right, let's see what he's got to say. Believers often take issue with the idea of tithing being mandatory or required as if something that God requires is a, is a bondage. If you feel like anything I said to you today is a bondage, just forget it. I'm not, I'm not a bondage preacher. I'm a blessing preacher. I want you to be tied into the blessings of God. Not the, bondages, not the bondages of religion. But there are things that God says for us to do that we, we, we see as requirements. How many of you know that abstaining from fornication is a requirement? How many of you practice that kind of abstinence? Don't show your hands. <laughs> well, we have a requirement that says keep sex in marriage. That's the basic Christian tenet. Everybody does. Everybody believes that. We may not always do it, but we believe it. It's not a bondage. It's a freedom to bless our lives. Are you hearing me? We have a commandment to love one another. Is that a bondage or a freedom? Have a commandment to forgive one another. Is that a bondage or a freedom? It's a freedom. We have a commandment to stay in church, stay in fellowship. Is that a bondage or a commandment for blessing for us? Blessing. Avoid drunkenness, it says. Is that a bondage or a blessing? It's a blessing. So is tithing. It's not a bondage, it's a blessing. I'm going to show you how it's a blessing in the Word of God. Is it okay if we study the Bible about this sub subject? It's a big subject, you know. Tithing is a blessing for your life. It will help better your life. I promise you it will help better your life. Help us live lives and help other, that are helpful to other people. Tithe reminds you that God owns everything. The tithe reminds you that God owns everything. And that is, it is a way, it is a way to connect with Him in His prosperity. Hear me. God is prosperous. He ain't broke. He's got more than a cattle on a thousand hills. He's got all the gold and oil under the hills. We're not saved by works, so failing to tithe will not send anybody to hell. God will never curse anybody for not tithing. You need to hear me say this. The curse was laid on Jesus 2,000 years ago. God will not curse you if you never give another penny to this church. You'll not be cursed. You ought to be shouting about that. 
No, there's no curse from God. That was all put on Jesus. But it is a connector to God's riches. I don't know about you, but I need more than I have. I'm happy with what I have, but I'm not satisfied with what I have. Anybody, anybody in the house said the same thing? You're happy with what you have and not satisfied? I'm happy but not satisfied. So I want to connect with God's riches. God will not curse anyone for not tithing, but tithing is a key that will help you escape the curse that is already in the world. There is a curse in the world. You don't, may not know it, but there is. This world has a bad curse on it. And tithing is a, is a key to help you get out of that. Hey, Amen. That's, that's good news right there. I want you to see the first mention of, of a covenant language in the Bible. Genesis 14, 14. Let's turn there. What is our covenant meal? Shout it out. What is it? Communion. Comes from Passover. Communion. We call it communion. The Lord's Supper. What is it? What does it involve? Two elements. What are they? Bread and wine. Bread and wine. Listen to Genesis 14, 14. And when Abram, somebody read this for me. Who's got a microphone? Read that up there. And when Abram heard that his brother was taken captive, meaning Lot, he harmed his, wait, he armed armed his trained servants born in his own house, 318, and pursued them unto Dan. All right, he chased the bad guys. Now Sodom is way south. Sodom used to be where the Dead Sea is today. And Dan is way up in the, the north, way far north in Israel. Read on. And he divided himself against them, he and his servants, by night, and smote them and, and pursued, pursued them, them unto Hobah, which is on the left hand of Damascus. Read on. And he brought back all the goods and also brought again his brother Lot and his goods and the women also and the people. Read on. And the king of Sodom went out to meet him after his return. The king of what? Sodom. The Sodomite king. Went out to meet him after his return from the slaughter of. Kadarla Omer. Kadarla Omer. And of the kings that were with him at the valley of. Shaveh. Shaveh, which is the king's dale. King's valley. Okay, verse 18. And Melchizedek, king of Sodom, brought okay, forth. Okay, listen to this. Melchizedek, king of Salem. Salem is Jerusalem. Modern day Jerusalem was where Salem was. Jerusalem. Melchizedek was a king of Jerusalem. Okay, listen to this. And he brought forth what? Bread and wine. The very first time these two words are together, bread and wine is right here. He's making covenant with them, with Abraham. Amen. Listen, 
he brings out the bread and wine and blesses Abraham. Why does he bring out bread and wine? What does it say? And he was? The priest of the Most High God. Verse 19. Who is the priest of the Most High God today? Jesus is, of course. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. Every Hebrew commentary, the Hebrew Bible and all, so that last phrase is not talking about God. That last phrase is talking about Abram. Abram, possessor of heaven and earth. That's what it means. Melchizedek said, Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. He, he, Romans chapter 4 says that very thing. That Abraham was the inherited the whole earth, the world. Verse 20. And blessed be the Most High God. See, the first blessing was on Abraham, calling him possessor of heaven and earth. This is on God, and blessed be the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thy hand, and he gave him tithes of all. Abram's response, now listen to me, when I teach you on tithes and offerings, I will not use one verse from the law. I will not use one verse from the law of Moses. Unless I decide to. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> it's all going to be from Genesis or the New Covenant. Every verse. Is that fair enough? Genesis was not in the law, right? Not, not in the Old Testament. The Old Testament was de defined in the New Testament as the law of Moses. That's the Old Covenant. Your covenant is, a, is the same covenant Abraham had in the book of Genesis. He gave him tithes of all. Look at 1 Corinthians 10, verse 16. Abram did not tithe to get the blessing. He had the blessing, didn't he? Yeah. Why, did he tithe? Why did he tithe? He tithed because he was blessed. Yes. Yes. Amen. He tithed because he was blessed. If you don't want it, I don't care. You don't have to. You don't have to tithe to be a member of this church at all. I'm not saying that. Miss Ann and I have found that tithing is a place to start. We started tithing years ago and been raising our tithe ever since. We give so much more than we should according to what everybody thinks. We give so much money that people think we make hundreds of thousands of dollars a year in, in, in income because of the way we give. We just decided we were going to give on what we thought we, we were worth. Believing that God would match our income with our tithe. Amen. Amen. That's good right there. 1 Corinthians 10, 16 says, The cup of blessing which is we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of, blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the, the communion of the body of Christ? Bread and blood, bread and wine, represent the body and blood of Jesus. Yes. This is covenant 
language. He said we're blessed with this. Abraham was blessed with that. Because he was blessed, he tithed. His heart's response was to say, yeah, I, I, I'm possessor of heaven and earth. My tithe says, I really believe God still is. Yes. Yes, yes, God yes. has given me everything, but I acknowledge my God in all this. I have a God. I may possess everything, but I still have a God above me. Yes. Bigger than me. Yes. Stronger than me. My tithe says, I believe that. Yes, sir. Amen. Look at Hebrews 7, verse 1. Don't you see how, how potent and powerful this guy Melchizedek was to the New Testament church? You guys stick with me. If you hear something today that offends you, please don't give up. I got about four sermons I'm going to preach on this, teach on this. For, for the next four weeks, we're going to talk about this. You're going to find some astonishing things that you're going to love in this. Amen. About your own blessings and prosperity. Amen. Hebrews 7, verse 1. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abram returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abram gave a tenth part of all, First being by interpretation king of righteousness. After that also king of Salem, which is king of peace. You see, the, see how close the word Salem is to Shalom? It's the derivative of Shalom. Salem. Read verse 3. Without father, without mother, without descent. Nobody knew where, where Melchizedek came from. As far as we know, he just, just appeared on the earth. Having neither beginning of days nor end of life. No record of his coming, no record of his going. Made but like unto the Son of God. Abideth. Abideth a priest continually. That priesthood never ended. <coughs> now consider how great this man was. Read. <laughs> now consider how great this man was, unto whom even the patriarch Abraham gave the tenth of the spoils. Read. And verily that they that are of the sons of Levi who receive the office of the priesthood have a commandment to take tithes of the people according to the law to that the, is. Listen to this. Take tithes. Yeah. In the law, they take the tithe. Yes. They take it. Wow. It's a law. In the law, they take the tithe. Read on. That is of their brethren through they though, though sorry they come out of the lions of Abraham. Lions. Out of the loin, the lines of Abraham. I like that. Out of the lines. Yeah. Can't help herself. She's in charge. Amen. But he whose descent is not counted from them received tithes of Abraham. Wait a minute. They did what? 
Receive. Receive tithes. He didn't take tithes, did he? No. He received tithes. He didn't take them. He received them. He received them. All right, read on. And blessed him that had the promises. The blessing is not in the taking. The blessing is in the receiving. Amen. Verse 7. And without all contradiction, the less is blessed of the better. So Abraham is less important than the Melchizedek. Melchizedek was the blesser. And the blesser, one, the one doing the blessing is greater than the one receiving the blessing. All right. Amen. Read verse 8 now. I want you to see something amazing here. And here men that die receive tithes. Here where? On earth. In the case of the Levitical priesthood and the case of the Levites on earth. Right. Okay. But there he received them. But there them. where? In, in heaven, heaven. In the real temple, the real Jerusalem. Of whom it is witness that he liveth. All right. Is there any witness that, that Melchizedek is still alive? The answer is no. No. But there's plenty of witness that Jesus is alive. Amen. So who right now is in heaven receiving tithes? Jesus. Jesus is. Not taking them. No. He's not going to take them from me. But he receives them if you give them. Amen. Amen. That's good news, isn't it? Yes. He never demands me to stand up here and say, you've got to give tithes or you're going to hell. Thank the you, The guy Jesus. that says that might be the one going to hell himself. <laughs> That guy needs, desperately needs to get saved. But Jesus does receive tithes of those who give them. Verse 9. And as I may say so, Levi also, who received tithes, paid tithes in Abraham. Levi had to pay tithes, but it was Abraham giving them. That's good right there. Everybody say it with your own mouth. Jesus, Jesus receives, receives everything, everything I, give, I give, even a tithe. Even a tithe. Amen. Even though it came out of my lions. <laughs> uh, I know. Can't see it, Daddy. Let's turn to Genesis 28, verse 12. Genesis twenty-eight, twelve. And he, Jacob, Miss Ann, read it. Open and your Bible to it and read it from there. Well, it's up there. And he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set up on the earth. You ever heard of Jacob's ladder, haven't you? Yeah. And the top of it reached to heaven, and behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac, the land wherein, whereon thou liest. To thee will I give it, and to thy seed. Promises made. Read on. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west, and to the east, and to the north, and to the south. Amen. And in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. The blessing and the blessing and the blessing is, up, is upon these people. Amen. Read on. And behold, verse 15. Sorry. 
and behold, I am with thee, and will, and will keep, keep thee, thee in all the places whither thou goest, and will bring thee again into this land. For I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. And Jacob awaked. And Jacob awaked out of his sleep, and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. And he was afraid. And he was afraid and said, How dreadful is this place. This is none other but the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. This is no, none other than the house of God, the gate of heaven. Jacob rose up early, early in the in morning. morning and took the stone that he had put for his pillows and set it up for a pillar and poured oil upon it, the top of it. And he called the name of the place? Bethel. But the name of that city was Luz at the first. Luz means almond tree or nut tree. Bethel means house, house of, of God. God. 20. 20. And Jacob vowed a vow, saying, If God will be with me, and will keep me in this way that I go, and will give me bread to eat, and raiment to put on, so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God. And this stone which I have set up for a pillar, pillar shall be God's house. And of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. This is Jacob making his vow. He's not saying that I'll give the tenth to be blessed. I'm giving the tenth because I, I am blessed. blessed. Now, did a, was there a blessing attached to the tenth? Of course. Yeah. Great blessing attached to the tenth. He had helped him tap into God's, God's way of doing things. Amen. God's blessings, God's benefits, more and more and more. I've been blessed by God, but I can use some more. Amen. Yes. Better here with me? Yeah. I can use some more. Amen. Back to the New Testament, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians 9, 13. 9, 13 says... 1 Corinthians 9, 13. Do you not know that they which minister about holy things live of the things of the temple? And Paul is referring to the old covenant here in the temple. But this is Paul's doctrine, so it's New Testament here. And they which wait at the altar are partakers with the altar. All right. How did that happen? Even so hath the Lord ordained that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. All through the Old Covenant, there's all kinds of stuff in there about bringing everything into what they call the storehouse or the temple. It was finances brought into the temple. Finances and, and uh, their goods or grain, their meat offerings and all that. And the priest partook of that. It belonged to the priests. He said, in the same way, even so, in the same way, even so, hath the Lord ordained. That they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. <laughs> How did the priest live of the gospel? What was the way it happened? The, the people brought a tithe. 
He said, in the same way the Lord hath ordained that those who preach the gospel should live of the gospel. You hear that? Everybody hear that? Did I make it up or is it right here? I hear people say the New Testament, New Testament doesn't say anything about tithing. It's because you're not reading it right. He said in the same way they, they did it, it's the way we should do it, right. by tithing. What was the first sin ever recorded in the, in the Bible? Anybody know the first sin recorded in the Bible? Theft. Yeah. They took something that did not belong to them. Took something that did not belong to them. Adam and Eve stole a piece of fruit. That's all they did. They didn't kill anybody. They did not rob a bank. Didn't shoot the guard. Did not commit adultery. Who, who would they commit adultery with? I mean, pretty hard. What did they do? They stole a piece of fruit. If that, tree, if that tree did not belong to them, who did it belong to? God. God. God had that tree in the middle of that garden to say, I have ownership still here. I've given you everything you can see. It's all yours. But don't eat that tree. That tree belongs to me. And they took a piece of fruit off that tree and ate it. It's amazing to me Theft was the first sin mentioned. If you go to the last book of the Old Testament, I'm not, I'm not preaching from it, I'm just telling you, giving you an example. The last book of the Old Testament is Malachi. The, la the first, uh, y'all know I like the first mentioned things and last mentioned things. The first mentioned sin is theft. What's the last mentioned sin? Theft. He said, will a man rob God? Will a man rob God, he said, to rob me in tithes and offerings? I'm not saying this to you. I'm not saying, I'm saying this to, 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 to them. I'm not, saying, I'm not accusing you of being thieves. Hear, me, hear my heart. But that theft thing was stuck in God's craw, as it were. Like it was stuck in his craw. You stole from me to start all these problems and you're still, still doing it today. Still doing it today. Men have a tendency to take what's not theirs, to desire what they cannot have. It's a natural thing. That's why a guy chases a girl like he does until he catches her. He catches her and okay. Excitement's over most of the time. Are you listening to me? Men are challenged by what they can't have. What they cannot have becomes romantic in their eyes. They've got to have it. I believe this is part of the reason why so many people do not tithe. It's a condition of the heart. It's a condition of the heart. That tree belonged to God. That tree belonged to God. 
And he said, because you've done this in the law, he, he, you know, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob all tithed because their heart response was to say God still owns everything. I, he gave me everything, but he still owns me. I own everything, but he still owns me. Their tithe was their connector to that. To try to overcome the, the effects of the sin of the tree, the theft of, of the tree. Let me re read what I wrote here. That tree was the only thing that, that got retained as his. It served as an acknowledgement of his place in the earth and in their lives. It's like God said, you took my tree, but when your heart comes right, you can restore my place with the tithe. The tithe is not seed sowing. The tithe is not seed sowing. No, you're not sowing any seeds because you tithe. That's paying rent on the property. The tithe is a rental, rental fee. My dad used to lease his land out to a guy to plant peanuts on. A large part of Love County is sandy, especially the southern, southern part of it, where I live. And uh, <coughs> Daddy would lease his place out. I just imagined one day that I just had an imagination come up in me that a guy decided, decided he was going to plant some seed on James Holler's place without telling Daddy. He plants a crop it back there on that back 40 back there. Sandy Stone raises up a big crop of peanuts. Comes time to harvest, he, he comes to open the gate. There stands my dad with the gun. The guy says, Daddy says, what do you want? He says, I come to get my harvest off my peanuts. He said, you don't have a harvest here. Yeah, but I planted all those seeds on your place. Yeah, but you didn't pay the rent. We're only sharecroppers if you pay the rent. That other seed only belongs to you if you pay the rent. The rental payment is the tithe. The blessings come afterwards with respect to prosperity. Prosperity comes when you sow seeds. Tithing is not seed sowing. The tithe is the least payment on planet, planet Earth. Let me talk to you about offerings now. What offerings do for us? The benefits. The Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Somebody turn there. 2 Corinthians 8, 1. Moreover, brethren, we do you to will of the grace to of wit. God. To wit. To wit. Won't sorry. you to know. Of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. How that in great, a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy 
and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. Now, now listen, listen to this. See, every time I teach on tithing, somebody gets upset. <laughs> and she didn't even have a job, and she's upset. <laughs> <laughs> she was just saying what some of you were thinking. <laughs> How that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep <coughs> poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberal, liberality. Listen to me. He says that they mixed joy with their affliction, affliction, and their deep poverty. What are you going to get out of affliction and deep poverty? Not much. But if you mix joy with it, that's a supernatural element. You mix joy with your, with your giving, and it says here, they came up with a, a great big offering, is what he's saying there at the end. Abounded unto the riches of their liberal, liberality. Joy mixed with deep poverty and a trial of affliction made them generous givers. I don't understand it. Except that joy is a dynamic spiritual force. That changes something about your condition. Yeah. Changes your condition. If the devil can't steal your joy, he cannot keep your goods. Amen. Amen. Read verse 3, Miss Ann. For, to their, For power, to their power, I bear record. Yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift. Not take the gift. Receive the receive gift. Receive the gift. And take upon us the fellowship of the ministering of the, to the saints. They wanted to be a part of this offering. Verse 5. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. Insomuch that we desired Titus that as he had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace also. Oh, to teach these Corinthians what the Philippians were doing. He said Macedonia, that was Philippi, and these are Achaeans, the Corinthians. Therefore, as ye abound, we... In everything. In faith. In, faith, in, in utterance, utterance. And knowledge. knowledge all and, diligence and in your love to us so that we abound in this see grace that you abound. see that you abound also in this grace what grace? the grace of giving. giving as you abound in utterance in faith, in knowledge abound in giving as well it's a grace it's a grace say it with your own mouth grace is a giving is a grace giving is a grace say it again Giving, giving is, a, is grace. a grace. It's not a law. 
It's a grace. Amen. It's not of the law. It's a grace. In verse 8. I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others and to prove the sincerity of your love. Read on. For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Here's Christ. Here's the grace again. That though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. Was he giving? Yeah. The grace made him a giver. That ye through his poverty might be rich. Oh, what a good thing that is. He did not say that through his poverty you might be forgiven. No. You might be healed. This is a prosperity that's left, left out of the gospel for, for so many people. Often left out of the gospel. But here it is. That you might be rich. God wants to bless you to wealth. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Amen. God wants to bless you to wealth. Amen. Bless you all the way to wealth. Let's read about the New Testament church. In Haggai. Here's one from the law. But it's about the New Testament church. It's a prophecy. Haggai chapter 2, verses 6 through 9. Haggai 2, 6 through 9. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, Yet once it is, it is a little while, and I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. God's going to shake the nations. Read on. And I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come. And I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. Now, now one translation says the, the, the desire of all nations is the treasures of all nations <clears throat> shall come. And I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. What this, house? This house. new house. Yeah. The latter house. You, the church. Amen. Read verse 8. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. Wait a minute. He said it was going to be filled with, with glory. glory. Going to be filled with glory. glory. Then he said the silver is mine the gold is mine. What is he talking about? Money. In verse 9. And the glory of the latter house shall be greater than the former, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. You are the house of peace. You're the one that got saved by grace through faith. And Paul opens every letter saying peace to you from God our Father. This is talking about the New Testament church. Right in the middle of his definition of glory. Glory in verse 8. I mean glory in verse 7. And glory in verse 9, sandwiched between there is what? Silver and gold. Silver and gold. What is God calling glory here? You tell me. Silver and gold. Silver and gold. God wants you to be wealthy because when He needs money, He can get it from you. Yes. Amen. He can't get it from, from Trump, He couldn't get it from Obama. You can't get it from politicians. 
He can't get it from teachers. He can't get it from lawyers, doctors, unless they're in this house, the house of God. And though all those people are part of the latter house, they have the silver and the gold. God can touch it. Miss Ann and I exchange gifts. We like to give each other jewelry. We used to all the time. One time she gave me a ring for her 30th anniversary. A gorgeous gold ring. Onyx and diamonds. It's my favorite look on a man. Gold ring with a black onyx rock and diamonds around it. She gave me that ring. Had it about a month. A guy came to our church and God told me to give him a significant offering. Not out of the church, not out of what we were going to receive, but me to give him an offering. Anne was not there that night. So I didn't have any money with me. She keeps all the money. I said, what little amount I had in my wallet? I said, Lord, I don't have any money to give him. He said, give him a significant offering. I said, I don't know what that would be. And I looked down and saw that ring on my hand. Oh, this is all I have of value. He said, give him a significant, significant offering. So I took it off. Walked over to the guy and I said, there you go. He said, what's this? He said, it looks new. I said, it is new. My wife just gave it to me for our 30th anniversary. He said, I can't take that. I said, if you don't take it, I have to take it in and throw it away. No longer belongs to me. Either you take it or I'm going to get rid of it somehow. God told me to give it to you. He said, brother, this is hard. I said, it be harder for me to keep it. I didn't give her away. I gave the ring she gave me away. Even if I had given this one away, I would not be giving her away. She and I decided years ago that we only have room for one God in our life. Anything Anything of value we have, He can touch that and take it from us. Anytime He gets ready. We just have an agreement. I've given her so many things that she's given away. And I go, oh, why did you do that? She, she said, well, I felt like the, the Lord wanted me to. The Lord told me to. And I said, okay. We just have room for one God in our life. No, it's never anything anybody gives us. That's where you get into idolatry. You hear me? We're not, we don't commit idolatry. Even if it's a grandmother's ring. I can't give grandmother's ring. I didn't ask you to. I just asked you to not be idolatrous. Because when believers have the money, God can use it that way. All right? How about let's stop right there? I want to say this last thing before we start another Macedonian church. Next, next week, we're going to pick this up. I've got to say to you, poverty is a glory thief. Poverty steals 
glory. Poverty is not a blessing. Never was. Never will be. It's a thief of the glory of God. Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, I thank you for your kindness and grace. Thank you for this auditorium full of people who love you. I pray that you receive this word today that I've spoken from your word. Make it minister to the hearts of the people today so they can hear your voice. And tap into your resources, your way of doing things. Help them, Father, with revelation in the Spirit of God to show us how to live our lives in prosperity and blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor Casey, come on up here. Hallelujah. While your heads are still bowed, we want to give you an opportunity this morning. Nobody's looking around. Our goal is not to embarrass you, but we want to give you an opportunity to meet Jesus today. You've never met him before, so you maybe maybe I've never maybe I didn't know that he was a good good father like I heard in the worship service earlier, or maybe I didn't know that he wanted me to live in prosperity like I heard today through the message. But today I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. You've never done that. I want you to signify that signify that to me by raising your hand that you want to do that today. You want to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Hallelujah. If you've raised your hand this morning, I want you to repeat after me using your faith, but I'm going to give you some words to say. Say, Father in heaven, I recognize that there's a void in my life. And I believe that Jesus is what I need. He will fill that void. And I will serve him all the days of my life. Today, I make Jesus the Lord and Savior of me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.